Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is a husband, a father, a veteran, uh, Mr. Ron Holmes. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super interested in what you have to say. I uh, stalked your Instagram a little bit and rolled down and uh, got a bunch of your videos on things that you have to say. I, I like your product that you have that we'll probably talk about later in the episode. So super excited to have you, man. First of all, thank you for your service. Um, you are a veteran and I love all the vets that I've been getting on. Uh, y'all have a super unique perspective and uh, I think that a lot of y'all's voices uh, need to be out into the world. So thanks. Thanks for what you did, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yes, sir. Uh, I agree, man. We, we, uh, I think it's, it's, it's getting ready. It's, it's time for us to, uh, let our voices be heard. Yeah. The, uh, so. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, the, uh, the GWAT era, um, the GWAT era turning into the vetrepreneur, as you like to call it era, I think has been a super good thing. Um, all, all the GWAT guys coming out and really talking about, um, what happened, I think is super good. And we could get into that later. First off, sir, um, we need to start with some, uh, rapid fire. So, uh, I saw that you do the F 45, um, the F 45, uh, training. I don't know much about that, but I do, uh, CrossFit. I'm hoping that it's somewhat similar. Um, so I'm going to ask, what is your favorite style of workout? And so for the type of answer I'm looking for, um, I love doing the assault bike and like power cleans, uh, for a, kind of a Metcon. What is your favorite style of workout? What do you like to do when you go into the gym? Uh, so I, I like F45 because I don't get hurt. Like I did when I used to CrossFit. I CrossFit <laughs> yes, sir. from like 06 to like 14, 2014. But my favorite my and I and it was right around 2014. I tore my bicep tendon, and that's when I was like, "Yeah, I'm done with CrossFit for a while. I'm not touching a bar. I'm not doing pull-ups anymore." Yep. And I started looking for something, and I found steel maces and steel clubs. And awesome. I'll tell you what, steel maces my is my jam. When I'm on the road, I do a lot of vendor shows throughout the year. My steel maces and my center mass bells from Sornex. Um, and some sandbags are in the back of my truck always. Uh, the steel mace, it's uh, it's primal. Um, you can get into a really good flow a flow state extremely fast, and you can work your entire body. And every time you touch it, it's a challenge, and you can learn something new every single time you touch it. So it's actually steel mace is my is my favorite, and it's my go to. Um, yeah, over everything. Number two would probably be the Concept Two rower. I will sit on that thing for days and just crush souls. So yes, sir. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, the rower is my mortal enemy. So <laughs> I crush the <laughs> I, I crush the assault bike. I can run that assault bike like nobody's business. But then I hop on the uh, the rower and it it's just 
it's a struggle session, but, uh, yeah. those, those maces, I want to look into those maces. I wish, uh, I do the, so our CrossFit gym has like a 24 seven thing. So I do all of my other workouts there and my lifting and stuff like that. And so I'm, I'm waiting for the day that they get some steel maces. If any, if any of you, if any of the three owners are listening to this, we need some steel maces cause I want to play around with them. But, uh, yeah, I, tell you, so. I tell you, man, watch, uh, go on YouTube. There's a guy, uh, coach Chris Vaughn, uh, yes, sir. coach Vaughn and his, uh, I started, uh you know i had to start somewhere i found him by chance he puts out amazing five minute content instructional videos with a workout in them and he's really good he breaks down how to do the technique why you want to do these things this way he was the biggest thing that led me into moving on and then finding other people but he is kettlebells steel clubs steel maces all kinds of um olympic movies he's got i think he owns the viking bahala training center in in california somewhere awesome man awesome yeah so uh you're a gun guy obviously um if any (laughs) you know you're you're a gun guy so i do need to ask uh if you could only have one 5.56 ar-15 uh what barrel length would you have it and what manufacturer this is not one you build yourself but I need to know barrel length and manufacturer if you could only have one. Man, it's it's uh, and I don't have one, and you'll understand why when I tell you. But a ten inch four sixteen. Okay, that's awesome. I like uh, that. I carried one for quite a few years, and I I love that gun, and I yes, know sir. it's heavy and it's a tank, but uh, it's perfect. Yeah, I love a four sixteen. I, I yeah. pretty much love anything HK makes. Yeah, I do too. I really like the stuff that they're putting out. I I want to I want to feel a four sixteen. I, I know uh, it's it's between that for me uh, a four sixteen and a Knights. I don't know which one I really. Nice is nice. Knights is nice, but yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I, I grew up on an MP five uh, in the Marine Corps and ended up um, carrying a four sixteen for a long long time. So it's uh, yeah, it's very. I don't know. I, I trust it. Yes, sir. That's awesome. So as a, uh, as a newbie, not really newbie gun guy, but an amateur and a non-veteran, when you say that you grew up on an MP5 in a Marine Corps, uh, in the Marine Corps, I can't really let that go by. Cause that doesn't make much sense to me. <laughs> how did, how did that work? How did you grow up on an MP5 in the Marine Corps? Um, uh, pre-war, pre nine 11. Okay. The, Marine Force Reconnaissance are shooting packages in the CQB elements or the Special Operations Capable Element that will go out on the uh, Marine Expeditionary Units. Um, our weapons were, our primary was an MP5. Uh, we had screw-on cans you just dip in water or MP5 SDs, depending, and we carried 1911s. So, yeah, when I say I, I grew up into the, you know, the firearms space where I actually became a tactical guy, it was yeah. on an, I, I say, I grew up on the MP5 in 1911. And no, that's, um, that's really cool. Yeah. What a dichotomy. What a dichotomy, an MP5 and a 1911 on your hip. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Hey, let, let me, let me, let's go back a little further in the time machine. Uh, iron sights, man. And, that's awesome. uh, our weapons mounted lights, we had six, six cell mag lights and a rubber <laughs> wedge with hose clamps that we would, we would uh, cut into the handguard of the MP5. We'd run the hose clamps through that around the light. And that's how we had weapons mounted lights. That's the, awesome. Uh, back then. 
that's wonderful. I, I like hearing that. Yeah. That's really cool. So, uh, so cool, man. Well, I think we've got the, uh, the rapid fire questions covered. Um, next Ron, what is your purpose? My purpose is my son just ran down. <laughs> my, my purpose is my family. My purpose yes, is sir. my wife and my son and our dog, our 80 pound, 12 year old Belgian Malinois. Um, that, that's it. That, that's my whole purpose. Uh, you know, people ask me what I do and, and I, I, I say I'm a retired stay at home dad. Yes, sir. And, um, that teaches soccer moms and special operators how to shoot on the weekends. And, um, <laughs> and then I promote my company. So yeah, no, my purpose is, is my family. Um, you know, I retired, I met my wife after I retired in 2010 and, <clears throat> um, we, we had, uh, it, we're trying to have a family and start a family and I ended up having cancer. Um, Ooh. so this is why we couldn't, you know, get pregnant and we, we beat that took almost two years and get back on track. And then, you know, we had my son. So in the scheme of things, he would have been, you know, number two or, you know, or number three, depending, but it took that long for everything to get right. So, yes, um, you know, now it's like, everything's good, man. Like my, my it, everything is just amazing, but everything is, is my family. Yes, sir. No, we, we like hearing that on the purpose podcast when, when you have a, a purpose as uh, as noble as that, um, man, I don't know if you say congrats on that. I don't know what you say to somebody who's beat cancer, but, um, that's, that's amazing that you were able to, to come through that. So uh, congrats, I, I guess. I had, well, this is, it's kind of funny, but, um, I, I, the joke kind of has always been like, I, I had cancer for like 15 minutes. Oh and, yeah. And, um, so, and, and again, this is also like a public service announcement for, for men. Um, I had testicular cancer at 42 years old. It normally doesn't affect men past 36 years old. I was still going back and forth to Iraq and we're between the doctors and everything that, you know, we know now burn pits and all that stuff. Pretty sure a lot of it was environmental. It, what happened. Um, but, uh, uh, one of the things that I was doing because of the constant back and forth, I was seeing a urologist monitor my blood work pre and post, um, every deployment just to see where stuff, you know, testosterone, bite D levels, all the stuff, you know, just trying to keep my hormones and my, and my bowel rhythm straight. And I had seen, um, I had, uh, seen my guy and found a lump about a week before I was actually getting ready. So I was home about 80 days and found the lump, uh, found a lump on Saturday, had an ultrasound on Monday, got results on Tuesday. And they were like, Hey, uh, it's cancer. It has to come out. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, it has to come out now. This is an aggressive tumor. Cause my doc was like, that wasn't here that wasn't here a month and a half ago. He's like, right. that came out of nowhere, but my body was already growing it. So, um, uh, I was like, all right, well, can I, can I do the surgery when I get back from work? And they're like, uh, yeah, where do you work? And I'm like, Iraq. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, uh, how long are you gonna be gone? I'm like 94 days. They're like, you'll have stage four cancer in 94 days. And I was oh. like, all right, I guess we're doing it when you say, so that was Tuesday, Wednesday had, had pre-op Thursday had surgery. I was supposed yeah, to leave Friday to go back to work. So 
we got it. We, we got it. Found it early. Um, it didn't spread. You know, I'll remain high risk for the rest of my life. But, um, I, you know, we do everything we, we, we can to, to, you know, mitigate that. Like, I don't drink uh, anymore. And, like, pretty much kind of like the worst thing I do is sugar. Like, like I got a sweet tooth. But, you know, we, we're almost... I'm almost all, you know, gluten-free, almost probably 98% dairy-free. So just try to make some changes too. And, and then also it goes into um, what you put on your body, you know, right. so like the soaps and the deodorants and all this stuff. And, and, and you're seeing more and more of it come out now. It's all being exposed, like your toothpaste and all these things. So we like we've changed everything up in our in our house to our how we process our drinking water and everything. So kind of kind of a hippie with guns is, yeah. is what I, what I've evolved <laughs> into. But I say this, I, I, I say it a little story about when I found my lump, if you, you're a man between 18 and 36 or even older, and you even remotely think you have a lump, do not wait, yes, get sir. to the doctor the next day, like get it done. It, um, one of my best friends had the same thing. He, uh, he found his a little bit later and he ended up having to get chemo. So, um, you just, you, you don't know, uh, but, but don't, don't put it off. Don't put it off. If you find it, get rid of it. So, and then the interesting thing about that is you don't pick your call sign. I got a new call sign out of that and they call me instructor one. So that's where <laughs> instructor one came from. Yes. That's funny. But that's awesome. I did beat the recon curse. Are we back? Awesome, man. Yeah, I think we're back. I don't, I don't know what happened. Uh, my internet is extremely reliable, and for some reason, it just decided to dip out right in the middle of recording. So, yeah. Um, haven't had any problems for like two years. Anyway, um, I guess, are we still? Yeah, we're recording again. So it'll save that clip that we had. Uh, we're recording again. So yeah, you were talking. Uh, oh, yeah. You were I said, talking. I said I beat the recon curse. So yes, sir. I, I, not only did I make a man cub, but I made a man cub on one nut. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> the recon. That's, that's really cool. Is, the recon curse is typically you have all girls, which is nothing wrong oh, with wow. that. But it's 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 kind of a joke within the community. That's a real thing. Like that's like that's a a, a real deal. Yeah, it's the same with like pro athletes too. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, man, I'm I'm super glad that you beat those things. I used to have a uh, I used to have a boss that he had testicular cancer, uh, and much like you, um, unfortunately, I think he had to have both the boys deleted. Um, yeah. He had to have both of them taken out, and so he was he had to adopt. I think I think that's what it was. I don't know. He may have been down to one, but I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that he had to adopt all of his kids mm -hmm. uh, that he had. But um, it's it's uh, it's awesome to see people. Uh, it's not awesome to see people come down with that, but it's really awesome to see people overcome it um, and to fight like hell through a lot of that. I just recently had a buddy who uh, I had a buddy who his mentor, uh, his mentor's wife had breast cancer and she fought like hell for seven years and um, ended up losing. But it's it's amazing to see the the, the feats of resiliency that come out of uh, a medical illness, uh, illness such as that, um, you know, it, it sucks as it as bad as it sucks to see somebody go through it. Um, it creates some hard people, not only the person that it gets affected, but the people around them. Um, mm -hmm. so it's awesome to see that you, uh, mm -hmm. luckily did not have, um, 
a super it was serious obviously but luckily it didn't end up at stage four like you were talking about yeah and you were able to come out of that so how does that um do you does it instill some sort of i guess appreciation or gratitude like how do you carry that with you on the day-to-day do you do you forget about it and live your life every day do you remember it how, how does that um carry along with you i think you just carry it you know i don't i don't take it for granted i you know um especially when you know how how hard it was and what we went through you know to have my son um right so i don't i don't take any of that for granted um you know it's funny is when they gave me the news on that tuesday and they were like they're like it's cancer we have to operate we have to get it out and i'm like okay and they're like are you okay and i'm like yeah i'm like i'm good and they're like are you sure and i'm like yeah we've identified a problem we have a solution and i can still have kids let's go and i was like they're like are you sure you're not in shock i'm like look i'm like i'm a recon marine i'm like i'm good I'm good. Two is one. One is none. I was like, I'm good. I was like, the part I got to figure out is how I'm going to tell my wife, you know, but other yeah. than that, it's, it's, um, I don't know. I don't ever, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, take it for granted. I think about it. Um, I guess, but if I have opportunities to speak on it like this, uh, I, I do that because it's, it's so many, uh, you know, you see, guys out there like hey man ask for help it's okay to ask for help and stuff like this but like you also got to take care of yourself and if something's off just don't hesitate don't put the bravado aside and you know what go get go get it checked so yes sir yeah so tell me a little bit about your uh your time in the marines i spoke with i guess i've had i guess all the veterans that i've had on the podcast i think are have been marines at milspec mojo james nash and yourself um, y'all are a special breed. Uh, speak to me a little bit about how, um, being a Marine and, and being that special breed, um, shaped your life after the Marines. And how do you carry that with you? Kind of, kind of like the, the cancer question, how do you carry that experience in the Marines? Um, and how does it help to serve your purpose? Uh, you know, I, I wanted to be a Marine my, my entire life, ever since I found out what a Marine was when I was like three or four years old. And, um, I actually rode my bike to the recruiter's office when I was 16 because he had called me and my, my friend had just enlisted in my neighborhood. And I I honestly thought that I was, I thought that I was going to go to boot camp like the next day and finish high school in boot camp. And I was devastated when he told me I had to graduate high school and, (laughs) um, uh, have my parents signed because I would I'd be 18, I would be 17 when I graduated high school. Uh, so yeah, so I enlisted when I was 17. And um, in 1989, I retired in 2010. And uh, for me, it was always being a Marine. Um, I, it's just I, I, I wanted it, the, the challenge, I wanted the difficulty, um, I wanted the pride, you know, to be a to earn earn the right to call myself a Marine. And, um, I carry that with me every day. You know, people ask, you know, what'd you do? I was like, I, I was like, I'm a Marine. Or if they ask me if I'm a veteran, I say, I'm a Marine. You know, we always have, we have that little, that little, uh, uh, that saying that goes around, you know, once a Marine, always a Marine. There is no such thing as a former Marine. And, and so, I, I take that to heart. I, I do. Now I will tell you is as of late, um, I'm, 
kind of upset and yeah. very, very let down by the armed forces, but by the Marine Corps as a whole. Um, yes, sir. I'm just, it, it's, it's extremely disappointing uh, to see, you know, what, you know, what social media and what media it, it, it plasters out there for us and, and you can see it, but I'm 50 minutes from Marine Special Operations Command where I retired, you know, I'm in, where I'm at in North Carolina. So I, I, all my assistant instructors are active duty guys down there. And, um, I go down, I go down for promotions and, you know, reenlistments and retirements and stuff like that for, for guys that I, I kind of raised up, you know, I'm, while I was on active duty and hearing them talk about how things are now. And, um, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking that like we've, it, it, it seems like we've kind of, the Marine Corps is they're purposely removing the will to fight for a control, a much more uh, controllable subject that is yes, in the opposite direction of, you know, the bloodthirsty, you know, war machine that is, you know, United States Marine. But, um, but beyond all that, beyond my, my personal little bit of butthurt I got going on right now. Um, I'm extremely proud of, of what I did. I, um, I, I probably, I got promoted to master sergeant, uh, right about 16 years. And had that not happened, I would have stayed in until about 24 years. Uh, I retired cause I got promoted. Uh, I got promoted and I spent my last few years, uh, in a non-deployable billet. And, um, so that's one reason why I went into government service after I retired, because I still had a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. The war was still going on in 2010 and I, I wanted to participate. So I got to, yes, sir. um, but, uh, I carry it with me every day. And, and I'll tell you, the cool thing is, is that my, my son is six and the company is named after him. So my son's name is Riker and, um, he loves military like is is enamored loves the marine corps and um and i don't force it on him he he asks questions he sees all the pictures uh me and my boys and his uncles and um and we go down on lejeune and he's been to paris island a couple times and um so it's it's kind of like it's extremely special for him right now so i that is kind of what i'm i feed I'm, i'm it's it's happy for him he doesn't need to understand the, you know, the minutia of, of what's going on, but, uh, um, man, he loves it. Like, and like, I actually about a month ago, I introduced him to Kelly's heroes and, uh, he loved it. And then, and he wanted another world war two movie. So we watched the dirty dozen and he was just like, Whoa, like the original dirty dozen. And, uh, so he, he loves that. And we watched top gun. We just watched devotion. Um, and we've probably watched top, we saw Top Gun in a theater twice, Maverick, and we've watched it no less than 20 times at home. Um, yes, but he's super pumped when we were in the theater and he found out that he could be a Marine and a pilot. Um, so that was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, so that side of things kind of helps me, um, you know, really keep it in perspective. Uh, but I'll tell you, there's a lot of things too, that I take with it. It, It's, um, I don't know. I just, it's what I wanted. I got, I got everything I signed up for, you know, I don't have, 
I, I don't have, I, I, there's things I wish I done, I had done better. There's some, a couple opportunities that, you know, maybe didn't present themselves or I didn't know how to find them, but stuff like that. But overall, I, I would do it all over again. Um, yes, sir. You know, I, I would in a minute. And uh, uh, I say that way back machine. I don't know about now, but yeah, I, I, I probably still would. But um, I don't know. I went in for what I believed in. My parents raised me to, you know, believe in our country and, uh, you know, understand the Constitution and the commitment to service. And um, that was something that weighed heavy on me as a kid. My grandfather was in uh, uh, 10th Mountains in World War II, and he and his brother were uh, both German speaking, uh, reading and writing. And um, so they had a very interesting time in World War II for the stuff that they got to do. They never talked about it. And uh, so I didn't know, don't, still don't know much about it. He's passed away. Um, and I have, uh, when he passed away, they sold off the estate. My aunt sent me a box with all of his military records in it and all of his pictures and all that stuff. And the box is sealed. It's in my son's uh, closet. And when he's probably 14, 15, we're going to open it together. And we're going to learn about our family's lineage to the country. So, but yeah. Yes, sir. No, that's uh that's awesome, man. The 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 heritage and the lineage is is super important, especially um, for Marines. It seems like what moving moving forward, um, you see a lot of conversation as to why um, kids aren't going into the militaries at the same rate that uh, they maybe were in the peak of the GWAT, or uh, you see a lot of speculation out there. Um, as to why that is. And some people say that it's because the kids don't believe in their country as much anymore. Um, for me, you know, being younger, uh, going through high school, I, I graduated in 2017 from high school. My little brother's in, in high school right now. He's going to be graduating in May. Uh, it seems like I think there's still a lot of support among, among young men for the country, just not the government. The, the government has forsaken young men, I believe, um, I don't think that young men have completely forsaken the country. How do we, how do we reinstill that desire to go be the uh, the bloodthirsty war machine, like you were saying, uh, the men that we need, the violent men that um, go and, and protect our country? How do we reinstill that? And what are you doing as a as a father? I mean, you just described a lot of what you're doing, um, but where do you see that going uh, for the country as a whole? Uh, to try to get those young men back into the military and make it make it what it once was. Um, you know, we need to get politics out of the military. Yes, sir. We haven't had a real general, and I don't even know how long. We have politicians that have four stars on their collars, right? They need to go. They all need to go. We need a fresh start. We need warriors in charge. We need to worry about winning wars and defending the country. Uh, the world has changed, but certain policies, uh, you know, and how the deployments and implementation of our military have not changed, have not updated with, you know, the times, essentially. Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards the border. 
um, the border is an invasion, and yes, we have we have the greatest fighting force on the face of the earth. Why do we not line the border? You know, we've got a ton of dudes that would love to be down there and just like patrol. And, you know, that's why we signed up to protect this country. Why is it? Why does our military have to leave the country to protect it when we're under attack? Right. Right. So there's something there. I think um, I think that you're seeing, you know, I, I mentor kids anytime I can here and I have a lot of friends in town who, you know, have you're like, Hey, would you talk to my son? Would you talk to my daughter, you know, about joining the military? And I, we sit down and we have a bunch of conversations, not just one day. I was like, uh, you know, I tell him, I'm like, you go forward in this path. And like, you know, the first, you get in trouble or one of your, someone under your charge gets in trouble. If I'm not the first person you call, you're messing up. You know, I make yeah. myself available for them. And <clears throat> because I do have old school, like, thought process on how to handle certain things like that in the military. But our, our politicians and our, our senior leadership in the military has failed us. Um, you know, the only person who's been held accountable, accountable for the failures in Afghanistan wasn't even there. And he was forced out of the Marine Corps, Lieutenant Colonel Schiller, right? He called everybody out. He goes, I want some accountability over that debacle of, of the, um, the withdrawal from Afghanistan that, that like what was 20 years of war for to, to do that. Right. Like extremely disgusting. Um, so I think a lot of it too is in the home. I think a lot of it, you know, you're seeing what you're seeing now is the taking God out of school and, uh, making it okay to hate America and making, uh, you know, trying to, Say like, oh, you have an American flag, you know, on your house. You're a racist. You, you know, you're a fascist and all this. And trying to like change the verbiage of, of how these people link. And I, and I, I think that it's, I mean, you can say it's brainwashing either way, but it's, if you look at the history, you can't rewrite the history. When you look at how our country right. found it, you know, we, I don't, I don't know. We, we, we dropped the ball. The public school system has has accelerated some of this tremendously, um, and then in the home. Uh, I also, I'll tell you, and I and I recommend this to a lot of people. Um, we don't <clears throat> do video games. We're never going to have a video game system in the house. Um, Colonel Grossman, who's written, you know, probably his most famous books, is on killing and on combat. And he wrote a couple years ago. He wrote a book called assassination generation and it is about all of the mass shootings and the one thing that they all actually had in common was thousands of hours in first person uh shooter video games and these guys when they go in they actually overlay it and they it's it's the thing that they played the most on their game so get kids outside get them involved we we are homeschooling our son um we don't trust the the public school system um and um we're working some options we're probably going to be going to the cohort homeschool with our church uh next year they didn't have anything for kindergarten this year excuse me so but that being said you know 
I'm, I'm fortunate, man. I'm a retired stay-at-home dad. My wife works from home. So we, uh, um, you know, it, and she used to be a teacher. So she's got her master's in childhood yeah. development and all that stuff. So I kind of just do what I'm told, but we play to our strengths. You know, we just, we throw a lot of hooks in the water and we see what, we see what we get. So she, he's reading, um, he's almost all the way through first grade curriculum and he'd be in kindergarten right now. Um, we've got, uh, he and I do geography. Um, so he's, we're working into, um, we're going in, in tomorrow in our book, we're doing India. We, um, we have this puzzle map. He knows all the States. Uh, but when we do the States, we can tell stories about where like his mom and I have been or who, what friends or family we have all over there. He knows all of North and South America. And, um, we're going to be starting on, uh, Europe probably next week. So, um, and it's just puzzles and capitals and stuff and he likes it and we, we have fun with it. So, you know, we're doing stuff like that and, uh, we do, you know, he asked some great questions. So I, I think a lot of it is, is parents need to be parents, you know, I mean, parents need to be parents. They just need to stand up, you know, and that's it. And, and lead, you know, lead from your home. Don't send your kid out the door expecting someone else to lead them and they come home and it doesn't match your expectation of what you want when you are the one that let them go in that direction. So lead, lead your house, lead in the house and, and lead as a unit, you know, not as an individual with, with subjects, lead as a unit. Uh, so everybody is, you know, de developing to be, you know, there's assets and allies and you want to bring everybody in that family unit as an asset. So, yes, sir. Hmm. Oh, it's kind so of, I have, go on. Uh, I was going to say, I have a few questions on that. Sorry, we're operating on a little bit of a delay, so there, there may be some confusion. But um, I had some questions on that. Number one, the uh, you said the book was called Assassination Generation. Yes. So I wanted to get your idea on that. Uh, did he happen to include any statistics on fatherlessness? Um, I know the video game was a, a common uh, thread in there. Do you know if he said anything about those kids not having present fathers? I believe that's part of it, but that wasn't every kid that, that has okay. not been every mass shooter uh, that's gone out there. Yes, sir. And you know, the okay. thing in there is he says in there too, he goes, one of the things that the media would like you to, to think is that it's cause they're all on psychotropics or Ridlin and stuff like yeah. that. And he's like, that's not the case because it, cause it, he, I think he says it's something it's less than it's, it was less, I, I and I'm probably off on this, but I think it was like less than 40% were actually on a psychotropic. Okay. I'll have to go and uh, get that book. That sounds uh, really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so the next thing that, uh, that I had had, you said, you said lead as lead as a unit. Um, talk to me a little bit about, um, I guess, uh, I guess give me a little bit of detail on your, on your marriage. I'm big on marriage. I think we're about to start a marriage series in the purpose podcast where I bring on different guys to talk about, um, different aspects of marriage. So tell me kind of how you met your wife, um, what your relationship was like in the beginning. Give me, give me the, the rundown and then, uh, what your, I guess, not necessarily roles and responsibilities, but kind of how, um, how do you lead as a unit? Break that down a little bit for me, if you don't mind. Uh, we, like I said, we met after I retired and, 
um, she actually used to own one of the CrossFit gyms in town and our gyms would all back then, like, you know, Oh six to like 2011, all the CrossFit gyms did a lot of community events together. And we met through that. And, um, I came home from Afghanistan, uh, as a civilian, uh, in government service. And I had, um, I had 85 days until I had to go back over for my next 90 day rotation. And I kind of, um, I had hit my point with Wilmington, North Carolina. And I was like, okay, I was like, on my way home. I was like, you know what? I was like, if nothing life altering happens in 30 days, I'm packing up and I'm moving back to Alaska. And the third day home, I went on a date with my wife. Um, and you know, she, she says, you know, the moment that like I, the moment I pulled my head out of my ass and stopped being a, uh, an idiot, she's like, she knew that she was going to marry me. Um, but, uh, it's just kind of, you know, it, it's, we learn every day and, um, you know, she's, she's awesome. Cause she calls me on all my crap. Uh, but she also supports me like endlessly. And, um, and she's a phenomenal teacher to our son and to me because I'm, I have very, I'm very much a Marine still a lot of times when, um, I get focused, you know, purpose driven and I expect equal results or better, you know, and then she has to remind me that my son is six and he's not a Marine. <laughs> he's very capable yes, and he's very intelligent, but he's six. Um, but as, as a unit. So one of the things that I say to when I teach my situation awareness seminar or when I teach the North Carolina concealed carry permit or any of the firearms courses that we run, I always tell people, I was like, you have made an investment in yourself. You have made an investment in your time, in your life, and in your families and your family's uh, abilities. And I said, uh, I was like, I'm not talking about monetary. I'm talking about you. You're investing in yourself, growing yourself. If you leave this range today, if you leave this classroom today, and you go home to your wife, your kids, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your fiance, whatever, and you do not start having conversations with them about things we've talked about in here today, you, you have made a poor investment. You guys have to be on the same plan. Now I'm not talking if, you know what? I've had plenty of, of, of students that come through my classes. They're like, "Mm, my, you know, my, my, my wife, fiance, husband, whatever, doesn't like guns, but I like guns. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. You got to have those conversations. You have to have those conversations about it. You got to talk about it. Like, okay, look, you know, I'm never going to force this on. I never, I never told my wife she's going to have to shoot. <clears throat> I just, I wait for her to ask. She goes, Hey, you want to take me shooting? I'm like, Oh, okay, let's go. You know? And, and that's kind of how that was. And now she's pistol packing mama. You know, she's got her, her EDC yeah. bag. It's got her med kit in it, you know, extra mags, flashlight, like all the stuff that you need. So as a unit, Everything is cohesive. We, we for, forwards and backwards, you know, we try to set the example for my son. I'm up at 440 every day. You know, I'm out the door to the gym at 505 on my bike. Doesn't matter if it's raining, it's cold, it's hot. I'm riding my bike two miles to the gym. I go to F45, I do my thing. I come back 
and my wife and I are porting starboard. <clears throat> I'm coming home. She's going to get the next. She's going to get the six thirty class. And yes, sir. You know, my son gets up, get get him ready, get breakfast ready, play around. <clears throat> but the first thing that he sees is priorities of work, right? He sees that mom and dad are up. Mom and dad are up, <clears throat> and they're getting it. They're getting after it. Yes, sir. You know, and and PT phys, physical fitness is a priority. Um, you know, <clears throat> for me, I have to keep moving. I've got so many injuries and stuff like that. You know, people always ask me, "Oh, your doctor's like, well, does it, what does it hurt?" I'm like, it always hurts. They're like, well, what hurts more? Right. And I'm like, doing nothing. And I was like, when I do nothing, it hurts more. So I just work and do stuff. And if it hurts too bad, I'll do something different. But I'm always going to be moving forward. So parents being parents and, and being a unit, being a family unit, right? Beliefs, faith and, you know, develop a faith. Have, have your relationship with Christ individually and as, as a family, right? Eating, health, nutrition, right? Balance, all of these things. Being able to talk, you know, as parents with a little one, we have to go back and forth, you know, like, hey, this worked, this didn't work. Hey, stop saying this, say this, you know. So you, 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 just because you're married and you have a kid, you don't, you can't just sit back on your, on your butt and, you know, not produce. And like I said, that's like that parent mentality that sends their kid off to school, private school, public school, and with, you know, expecting this this investment to come back and it's not it's not what they they wanted but they've done nothing to ensure that that kid is going to start you know coming back to what they what they hope that their child could be so a lot of this stuff i'm still learning as it's because my son is six but um you know we're we're really liking the homeschool method that we're doing and um He's thriving in it. So we really just, um, you know, we talk and I, I get ideas and she's got ideas and my wife's actually changing careers. She's, she's extremely self-motivated. So she works full time. She's running the homeschool for Riker and she's going to, she already has two masters. She's working on another degree right now for her next career. So, um, she, I tell people she uses both sides of her brain. So right. <laughs> a, lo a lot of the stuff at the same time. So a lot of the stuff like for her and I has just, it's come together with just getting to know each other and, and more and more time with each other. And, and every day we're just getting better. Um, and uh, I always quote John Wick, uh, the first John Wick, you know, and I tell her all the time, I'm like, I was like, she's giving me a life far better than I deserve. And um, I don't take it for granted, you know? So, but we have the same, you know, we have, the, we have, we have very similar views. Uh, we have similar interests. Like we love snowboarding. We love working out. We love swimming. You know, we love doing nice things. I love going to the movies. She absolutely hates going to the movies, you know, like, so like, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, I can't stand uh, cumin and spice, you know, she loves it, you know, so. I don't cook, so That's guess funny. guess who eats cumin, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, and so that that that's it. And you know, the big thing is, is you, you got to talk, and and I'm not always the best at it. I 
again, I'll get, I get my, in my track. Sometimes I get a little, I get a little tunnel vision and sometimes she's got to give me a kick in the ass to like, you know, get my attention. Yes, sir. No, that, that sounds like an awesome, uh, an awesome, I guess, partnership that you've, uh, that you've developed in, in a good team atmosphere when it comes to, uh, raising your son and, uh, participating in that marriage. Let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk a little bit about being an example as a husband. I know that, uh, husbands and wives both, uh, I see them oftentimes ask more of their significant others that, than what they're willing to do. So for example, if the husband starts getting a little bit out of shape, but the wife's not working out, the wife wants the husband to go work out or vice versa. Um, let's talk a little bit about how um, it seems like you two both have high expectations of each other, but you're also not asking any more than what you don't do on a daily basis. Is that, does that ring true? Yeah. So her and I met, we were working out. So it's always, it, it's within, it wasn't yeah. ever a question, you know, on that. Uh, so, and we've, had, we've had highs and lows on like on fitness and injury and stuff like that. But we, we hold each yeah. other accountable. Like all the, Hey, like, right. Hey, we got, we got to, Hey, we got to stop having beers with dinner. Hey, we got to stop eating ice cream every night. Hey, let's, let's try this. Hey, you know, so yeah. It, again, going back to, you know, um, and, and you I'm want it to add good. value. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Go on. Yes, sir. Uh, so, and, and, uh, not even just fitness, but even in the realms of like religion, um, just all across the board. I think that a, a big where people come into problems with their marriage is when they expect something out of out of their significant other that they're not willing to do themselves. Um, I get that. That's kind of where I was going. Not just uh, not just fitness. I know I kind of phrased the question like that, but uh, how important is it? Do you? I guess walking the walk and talking the talk. Um, it's uh, what it sounds like is that y'all both do that very well. You're both equally involved with, the, with, uh, your son Riker. You're both equally involved in fitness. You're both equally involved in, in making money and, and providing for the family. Um, I guess I was just looking for, uh, some notes on how y you both walk the walk and talk the talk. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for, for us, you know, you, you control what you can control and right. that's our home. That's our family unit. And we are going to control and we're going to set the example for our son. Um, you know, again, good days and bad days. Not every day is, is, you know, sunshine or rainbows, but, um, uh, you know, you, you have a bad day and you put it behind you and you continue to move forward. Uh, you can't move forward. There's things that you have to do individually. Um, but there's also things that you, you have to do together. My wife is, the whole reason why I have found a relationship back in with Christ and um, we're, you know, we found an amazing church we've been going to for a, quite a while. And, um, you know, and, and then having a son and, and all these things and, and seeing things differently, realizing that there was things missing in my life and all these things and realizing that, uh, well, you aren't doing this, you know, on your own, you know, you just have to right. be able to understand that. Uh, and I'm still learning uh, on every aspect, but, um, you know, have to be willing to, you know, try new things. And I think I'm a lot more like, hmm, yeah, hey, let's go. Like, then she is on certain things. And um, yeah, uh, but like when when she was she's like, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm like, do it. Like, go, 
you know, whereas I say, Hey, I want to go do this. And she's just like, maybe we should think about this. You know, she always, she wants to challenge me because she knows like I will, I, I'll run out of the house with like one shoe on if I got a good idea and I need to get somewhere, you know? Um, but it's, it's, it's balance. It's adding value to each other, but as a whole, um, you know, and, and, you know, realizing that you're still going to mess up, you know, uh, just, you, you, you can decide how bad you mess up, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know Like you guys made a commitment to each other. You made, you know, you made a commitment to in front of God and your families and, um, you know, you need to honor a commitment to each other. There's a, there's a quote that's going around and I don't know if it's like, if it's like, uh, Denzel Washington or Deion Sanders, uh, who said it, but it's, it's don't get mad at the results you didn't get for the work you didn't put in. Yes, sir. And I mean, that kind of can apply to every aspect of, of your life, work, marriage, fitness, you know, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, right? I mean, that's it right there. Yes, sir. No, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, they'll get into a marriage specifically and don't put the daily work in like what you're talking about. Uh, they think that the the promise that they made on day one is all the work that they got to put in. And then they end up 10 years without the work and it just crumbles before them. And so I really like you. Uh, I like the fact that you added that quote because I think it makes a lot of sense to myself. Um, changing topics and uh, I guess sidestepping a little bit. You mentioned something that is of interest uh, to me and we're running a little low on time, but uh, you had said I wanted to go back. I was going to go back to Alaska. I'm assuming that applies that you lived in Alaska at one point in time. Uh, tell me about your experience in Alaska. And uh, I think I also on your on your drink thing, I think I saw a uh, it looked like a victory sticker. Do, are you a bow hunter? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got my Sornex Outdoors, my Wilder, my Victory. Where's my Matthews? There's my, there's my Matthews. Yeah. And all my Riker stuff. Um, yeah. So I was stationed in Alaska 2000 to 2006. Um, I had gone up there three winters prior for cold weather training and we had a small Marine detachment up there. Uh, so I went up there as an active duty guy to run the reserve center uh, and it was, and it just happened to be a, a Marine reconnaissance, um, uh, reserve command. And, um, I got my name in a list. I got promoted to staff sergeant to E6 and then I was eligible to go. And, um, I went up there and like, that was actually a dream of mine to live in Alaska ever since I was a kid. Uh, I, it's going to sound, this is the total kid story, but I remember this, I had a friend of mine, uh, Jack Warner, um, and they had moved to, I'm originally from Middletown, Connecticut, and they had moved from Alaska and we had met in school and became really good friends. And he was telling me that he had a pet moose and I was like, What? <laughs> And because I, I had an idea of how big a moose was, but I had not really ever seen one at like seven years old. And I remember him telling yeah. me they used to feed, he used to feed moose from his back porch, but he used to feed him carrots and he'd sit out there and he'd feed his moose every day. And I was just like, man, as a kid, I was like, if we lived in, I told my parents, I was like, if we lived in Alaska, we could have a pet moose. Like, come on, <laughs> we could probably ride it, you know? And I thought, what, what the hell do I know? And, um, you know, and then it's funny, it's like, I was stationed in Okinawa 
for my first tour. I went to the Gulf War. I was in the Gulf War for nine months. And then we flew back and we stopped in Anchorage, Alaska on a refuel. We were there for like eight, nine hours. And so it was the first time I had been on U.S. soil in a year. And it was April. And I look up and I see snow-capped mountains. And I was like, I told myself right there, I was like, I'm going, I promised myself, I was like, I'm going to live here someday. I need more time here. Um, it's the best place on earth. And um, uh, my my wife's family is, is, is we're, we're very large. My, my niece and nephew, my nephew's three months younger than my son. So they're like this. And um, they live right around the corner. We're all here. So we're not, we're not moving uh, that far, but um, it's always, it's always on the horizon. It's always on my mind. Cause it's just, it's just a different, it's different. And anybody who goes to Alaska, I always tell people, you got to go twice. You got to go in the yes, winter sir. and you got to go in the summer because it's two different places. Um, but uh, yeah. So, but no, I love, I love Alaska. Um, it, it's That's awesome. It's amazing. It's uh, yeah. It was actually it was actually extremely depressing getting stationed back at Camp Lejeune from after spending almost <laughs> six years in Alaska and uh, not being able to go out and get fresh halibut and you know caribou yeah. and moose every day like oh my god was, did I go to jail like <laughs> <laughs> one of my uh, one of my dream hunts is a caribou up in Alaska mm-hmm. I want to I want to bow hunt a caribou up in Alaska mm-hmm. I think that would be really cool so. so. Uh, this may will be two years I've been shooting a bow. Um, I've never hunted animals until two years ago and I've, uh, I've only had a, a handful of hunts I've done. Um, and I actually missed my first deer this year. And, um, oh, that's awesome. I am counting. I'm also a little cycle with my shooting my bow. I'm counting every arrow I fired. And, um, when I missed my deer, I was at 7,000 and this was in December. I was at 7,004 shots and wow. <clears throat> I learned more in that one shot than I did in the 7,004 shots prior. And, um, I'm now at 7,578. So I don't know why I'm counting. I want to get to that rule of 10,000 repetitions in, but I, it for me it's just fun i had a bow mentor yes sir and um he's like when you're ready to start shooting a bow let me know i got you so i'm a lefty and um i take i, I go down and uh i go down down the road down to myrtle and he sets me up with this old uh old school uh PSE dream season it's like a 12 year old bow i put man i put in five months i put almost 4,000 rounds, 4,000 arrows fired on the 12 year old bow in a catastrophic failure. It disintegrated on me. Oh no. Like full draw release. And then the bow just crumbled, like everything broke. So, um, I waited a while. I couldn't get, there was no parts. So I was waiting on a PSC levitate, but at, uh, at the time, they had my bow shop, which is amazing, Extreme Outfitters in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Uh, they had um, no visual on when they were getting a left-handed levitate in. And they're like, right. check this out. So I shoot a Matthews V3X 29. And 
love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I do an event with Sornex at Sornex Outdoors every February called Winter Strong. And it's probably one of the most, uh, this is one of the best things I, I, I've done. Uh, this year, we in February, we just had the fifth one. So I've been to four and uh, never going to miss one. Is, is it, but it's a bow driven event and it's a lift run shoot. So it brings the high competitiveness of all, all sports, professional sports, Olympic lifting, collegiate athletes in hunting, and it brings it together and in a unique environment. So, um, no dude. So, um, Riker got a little recurve, little kids recurve bow. And he was, he actually was using my thumb, my Carter thumb release at first. And he was like, I want a compound bow. And I'm like, when you're strong enough to pull a bow back, you'll get one for your birthday or you'll get one. Right. So <clears throat> we're also waiting for, he's also a Southpaw like his dad. And we were waiting for a kid's left-handed bow to come in. So he has a Hoyt Cobalt, which oh, right cool. now it's set for like seven. We need to go down and we're probably going to go down next week and get it up. To, probably going to go up to about 10 on it. But I think it goes up to 50 or 55. Uh, pounds and the guys at the bow shop they're like this is the perfect bow for him because he'll have this till he's like 12 13 years old so i'm like yes sir awesome great investment right there and um he's out there and i put it up on my instagram the other day he's we, we shoot all the time so he's just he just pulls back he's doing finger release with his hoyt and um <clears throat> you know just kind of like point shooting and he got bored with the target and he wanted to shoot he wanted to start shooting uh toys so he put his little humvee yeah. on top of the target and he nailed it with a first shot from 12 yards so i, was, I saw that like, yeah so i was super pumped but so it's <clears throat> it's good because we he he want he's also after going to winter strong he's super pumped he was actually i built a big treehouse for him he was sitting he took our little hog 3d target set it next to the tree Climbs up in his tree stand with his bow, have this little skid platform, and he's on his knees shooting elevated position at the hog, hitting it from about 12, 14 yards, right? And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, getting ready for winter strong. And I was like, yes! Awesome. You know, so, but he's like, he's like, he wants to go hunting this year. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so we're going to go. We got, uh, we've got a friend who's got a lot of property. He's got a lot of stands. He's got a stand on there that I could bow hunt out of, but Riker could sit in and, you know, be quiet and chill. And if he falls asleep, he falls asleep. But um, yeah, so it's, and we even got my wife shooting a bow who is right-handed, but she's left eye dominant. So she shoots rifle, pistol, bow left-handed. So all of, all That's of awesome. our, all of our, our killing equipment in the house is all set up for lefties. <laughs> that's cool that's yeah. awesome man so what 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 do you think uh do you have any hypothesis as to why you missed that that first deer do you know what what it was yeah uh, yeah i do i do it was a combination i was very excited i was very excited but these were in my in my bino pouch oh no <clears throat> and i ranged i ranged it and I was like 45 and I was set at, I was set at like 36 and, yeah. um, cause that's where my, that's, you know, my, my boy, it's his, his lane. He was like, this is where they go right there. And he showed me and I ranged, it was like 36 set it up. It was good. So I'm sitting there, it comes out, it's at 45. I'm like, nice. <clears throat> my readers were in there and I'm like, I didn't want to pull them out and make noise. 
So I looked at my tape yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that's 45. Pull back <laughs> just below. It was, it was 41. I wasn't even close. I was off by four yards. So I was right oh, pretty no. much on 40. So I shot, I shot low. Um, look for three hours. There was no blood trail, but, uh, uh, learned a lot. Take, take that extra second, breathe even more, take one more breath. You have time. Um, but, uh, turkey season's around the corner. I'm only right now. I might change as I get older, but right now I'm only bow hunting. Um, I like mm -hmm. the challenge of it. Uh, if my son wants a rifle hunt, then that's his choice. He can, but <clears throat> for me right now, I just want, I want a bow. I want that challenge. I know what I can do with a rifle. I want to see what I can do with a bow. So it's <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I bow hunt pretty exclusively. <laughs> I, I hunt for meat. And so, uh, <laughs> if I, I, I've always said that if I have a few unsuccessful attempts with a bow, um, but I know where they're at and I know where they're going, I'm not going to pass up a season, um, to, to get meat, but I love going out with a, with a bow and, uh, I actually, I'd shot my first, uh, I had made my first bow kill in December, but then after that I came back home, was practicing, uh, no, this was, this was before I killed my deer. The, uh, I made a similar mistake as you, we were shooting at a hundred yards, uh, at a 3d tournament. Um, we were seeing just, you know, who could hit the hundred yard target the most times or whatever. Um, forgot to check my sight tape when shooting in the garage and I slammed an arrow into, uh, I have a big, nice New Holland toolbox with all my fancy tools into it, and it's got an arrow hole right in it because I had my, uh, yeah, had my yardage set for a hundred yards, and I was shooting at twenty. So um, that was that. I've I've made similar mistakes. I actually dry fired my bow. Um, I dry fired my bow a couple months ago, and that that hurt really bad. Yeah, um, had to get new strings and everything for it. So I had so um, yeah, I had a dry fire incident. Um. I was shooting and cause the, the Matthews has that, that really nice tripod rest where it sits, but the quiver, the side quiver I had at the time sat lower. So when I sat it right. on the ground at this, we were at this Airbnb for an event that we were doing and uh, I picked my bow up and I knocked, I knocked the arrow and I pulled back and all of a sudden like string popped wrapped around my arm. And I'm like, what the heck? It wasn't until I went back to the bow shop and the guy was looking at the other arrows that were in the quiver. I had gotten mud in the knocks. And oh, I, no. my knock didn't fully see. And he said, that's enough to do it. That, he goes, you, you dry fired your bow. And you, even though you had an arrow on it, you dry fired your bow. So again, valuable lessons. Like, you know, so much to learn, you know. And I, I you know, being part of the Sornex Outdoors family and, and crossing paths with all these, you know, uh, I've, I've become, I've become pretty good friends with John Mulligan, who's the new Under Armour uh, guy, um, Johnny Utah Hunt on Instagram, yes, sir. you know, and chatting with him and chatting with these other guys and Bert and all, you know, all these dudes. And, um, and then my, my partner who lives, who actually one of my business partners lives in Alaska. So it, it's talking with him and, um, there's so much to learn. And if, you know, for me, it's just like, you know, my, my, one of my really good friends, Scott Puckett, he always says, be a seeker. And I want to learn everything I can about, about shooting a compound bow. And, um, so I watch people and I listen and, um, it's, uh, it's dude, it's so fun. 
It's just, and the cool thing is we it's, have a range set up on the side of the house. You know, I mean, I can stand in, in my front yard. I hit 50, I can hit 55 and I stand in my neighbor's yard across the street and I'm hitting 75. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I really want the, uh, the home range is a, is a goal eventually. Cause I, I live in a neighborhood and so, um, the most I can get is 20 and I have to shoot, like I said, into my garage. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, if I, if I mess up too bad, there's a water heater, um, about five foot to the right of my target. So, um, it could end up really, really bad, but it's definitely super complicated. And that's what I tell people about bow hunting that want to get into bow hunting is that, um, you have to be bought into the, uh, to the non-tangible, um, rewards that come from bow hunting to really, uh, to really get into it and do it right. Cause it's super complicated. I mean, when you have to completely, it, it's not like rifle hunting in the way that, uh, your projectiles are already designed for you. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you, you, good bow shops will help you design your arrows and everything. But, uh, if, if you're not in a place with a decent, with a really good bow shop, or if you, uh, want to do it right and want to know everything about your setup. It's super complicated. Um, but I love it. I love the, uh, the joy of trying to figure out how to make my bow do what I want it to do. Um, and then going and finding animals and, and, uh, putting a broadhead through some red meat. It's, it's been absolutely awesome. And I picked it up probably about the same time, uh, you did, I would say November, November was a year. So maybe, maybe a little bit after you did, uh, November was a year for me. And this was, this is the beginning of year two. So nice. Um, I'm super, super glad I, uh, that Snorin X, uh, what is it? What is it? You said, uh, winter strong. You said, oh, wi winter strong. Yeah. That looks really cool. Uh, Colin Cottrell, I had him on the, uh, on the podcast and uh, I saw him posting a bunch about that. There was, I think Pat McNamara was there. Yeah, Pat wasn't was he? there. Yeah. Um, Danny Bolton. Yeah. Pat Mac. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all those guys. That's that seems like a really really cool event. Um, it, hopefully, I'd, I'd like to get out there one day. So it's uh, <clears throat> it's incredible. It is incredible. Yes, sir. But uh, yeah, man. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we've gotten a lot of good stuff, Ron. <laughs> um, dude, this this has been a really really cool episode. I really enjoyed learning about your uh, learning about your experiences. I didn't know what we were. I'm sure you mm -hmm. didn't know what we were getting into either when we started this, but. Uh, like I said, one of your one of your followers, it wasn't even one of my followers, it was one of your followers that uh, saw my stuff and said, hey, you should really have this guy on the podcast. His name is uh, Whiskey Savage. I believe he's in an office. Oh, yeah, yeah, account, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So um, yeah. he, he uh, recommended you be on the podcast. So I think it turned out really well. And uh, hopefully maybe sometime in the uh, in the later future, we can do another one and uh, get some more of your, uh, your, your awesome wisdom that you shared with us tonight. Yeah, we got a second. Could I show you some of the... The stuff that what is Riker USA? Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I was about to have you. Uh, I was about to have you rep your your socials and your company. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so we are the first to market side mounted grip. Speed, accuracy, and stability are all improved with that. And there's a ton of videos on our YouTube channel. But what this rifle is set up for? We've got the Riker control with the laser setup, and we've got a enforced light uh, right on top of the Picatinny rail. So you can come on up yes, sir. and I'm going to press with the thumb and I have, I can illuminate that or I could just reach right on over. And, and of course that's when, wouldn't you know, the battery dies right when I go to, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay. My internet so get, already took concept. a shit on me this evening. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, and then you see right here is we have this, that little clip 
right there. All right, so Sorry. what that is, is is when you order a Riker Control, which comes in a single lead light or single lead laser option. Um, so here's one that's uh, just loose, hooked up with the light. Yes, sir. Um, comes with the control, not with the light. Comes with the M-Lock mount, and it comes with a three-pack. <clears throat> comes with a three-pack of our cable management system. And what this does is this removes the need to use uh, zip ties and um, tape and rubber bands yes. on your rail, so you can route your cables right through and gives you an added layer of protection. Uh, we've got our sling, yes, so we got a whole suite on there. Um, so yeah, if you you get you know you guys are interested, go to uh, Riker USA on Instagram, uh, R Y K E R USA. Go to Riker USA on YouTube. Got a ton of content on there. Follow me at Instructor One, spelled out O N E, and um, you know DM us and. Um, you know, for anybody that's listening, use the code Riker20 at checkout and uh, save you a few dollars. Um, and um, it works on everything. Shotgun scars, AKs, AR saws, PCC, anything you can side mount to. Like this bullpup shotgun right here from Black Aces. I'm going to tell you. Yes, sir. The Riker grip on a shotgun will change your life. It is. I don't even care about shooting ARs anymore. I just want to shoot magazine-fed shotguns. They are that's awesome. It's the future. Like it is it's the best thing ever. <laughs> I think uh you know talk a little bit about how um it, it moves well with your offhand for like pistol shooting, uh your support hand. Uh I, I watched a video, I guess, on your Instagram where you showed that you, you did a transition to a pistol and you showed that the the idea of the grip is to exactly mimic your support hand on a pistol. Talk a little bit about that. So <clears throat> Okay. Also, hey, no, because I, I, I love I love taking care of my people. Um, this is a another Marine veteran-owned company, Valiant Dynamic. Valiant Dynamics. This is the Evolver buttstock. Uh, it okay. it's different. It's fully adjustable mil spec, but it has this adjustable aggressive rubber tread on the back. So if you're looking for something different, this thing is awesome. I've been running it for over a year and it's on almost every single one of my guns. So when you're shooting your rifle right here, so instead of traditional reaching across your body or right here, so wedge, nub, thumb over bore, all have one thing in common. I'm holding all that weight of the gun right here. That's where the fatigue comes in. Just by putting it out to the side, I have now opened up that shoulder pocket instead of going like this. I'm now opened up, right? Now, yes, if I sir. take that, if I take that rifle away, and I come up now, I have commonality of movement. I'm in the same exact position, shooting pistol. So I can now have the same body platform, my protective equipment towards the threat, for pistol, rifle, and shotgun. So I'm only thing I'm yes, doing sir. is moving this hand forward and back. So it gives you, it inherently makes you faster. Yes, sir. No, I really, I really like that, and thank you for uh, for showing us that. I, I've scrolled through your Instagram, and uh, I like what you're doing with that. And uh, innovation seems to be uh, actual meaningful innovation seems to be hard to come by in the gun world, and I think that you're uh, success successfully doing that. We're, uh, we're trying. So thank you for that. We're trying. Yeah, yes, we sir. we you know when we launched, uh, we've been on the market just about 
almost five and a half years, we had one product. We're now, I, we're over like, I think we're around 14 products. And our That's flagship awesome. product was, there is, is the Riker control, you know, with the built-in controls into the grip. We're currently working, uh, we're currently working on another project that's going to put the, along with the controls for your lighter laser, but we're going to put the controls into the grip for controlling other electronic devices. And that's a project yes, we're working on. We've been working on since September. And, um, so we're hoping, we're hoping that we get to move forward with that and, and present that out, you know, hopefully within the year. Yes, sir. Awesome. And, uh, just so people that may be a little bit confused, uh, this, this releases as an audio only podcast, oh. but I'll make sure that we get some, yeah, I'll make sure that we get some, some clips up and, and share some of your, uh, some of your posts as stories on the purpose podcast. So when this drops, go check some of that out and definitely go, um, follow him at instructor one on Instagram so that you can get the full idea of what we're talking about here. Uh, look up Riker USA. Uh, it's really good. If you're running a rifle, um, I haven't gotten to try one yet, but everything that I've seen on it looks like it's a, uh, a really, really cool innovation. So Ron, I really appreciate you showing us all that, giving us your wisdom. Um, once again, thank you for your service. Uh, super glad that you were able to make it through, uh, through your, your 15 minute bout of cancer, as you like to say. Um, so glad that you're able to be here with us today and give us the wisdom that you have. Um, I'm going to end the recording. If you don't mind staying after for a second, I would appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Uh, tune in on Wednesdays for the Purpose Book Club and every Sunday for our guest series. Thanks.